0: Greetings and welcome to Poulsen Foursquare Church. My name is Pastor Greg Perkins, and I'm happy that you've joined us today. This year of 2023, our focus is together on mission. In our teaching throughout this year, we will talk much about how we are all called to be a missional church and a missional people. Colossians 4, 2 through 6 are our theme verses that speak about being a people of prayer and of preparedness and how we are to go out and be witnesses to those around us in our everyday life. So today, as we study God's Word together, I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you through these messages and pray that you'll be blessed by our podcast teachings and that you'll be edified and enriched in God's Word. Thank you, and may God bless you all. Essence, you know, where where other times he's talking to the leaders of the people, you know, and sometimes he just paints a wide brush, you know, I'm, this is for all of you kind of thing. Now in this case, in, in Micah, he's bringing a message to, to not only the princes of Jerusalem, but to the people. He's going to talk, he's talking to them throughout this message uh, about the sins of the people, okay, he's talking about um, the punishment that God will send because he's not going to wink at sin forever, but, he also speaks of a vision of restoration, okay? And that's where we begin. But it's interesting in verse 6, and we're going to revisit I mean, in chapter 6, verse 6. I'll, I'll read it for you, uh, 6 through 8. You can turn there if you like, but I'll read it to you. It says this. It says, what shall I become, what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? And we, we sang that song today. I mean that you could relate to that, you know. You know, I, I, I have nothing to bring, you know, worthy of the king. But what I you know, other than my heart and my hands raised in praise, you know. He says, with calves a year old, for seven, will the Lord be pleased with a thousand rams or ten thousand rivers of oil? And I love this part. Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And isn't that exactly what God did? He gave his firstborn for my transgression. I had nothing to give. I had nothing to bring that would wash and cleanse me. White as snow. But God did that. And he finishes, he has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? This is pretty faint. Now, everybody, well, I'm not saying everybody, but some of you might have this on your refrigerator. He says, what, sh- or what does the Lord require of us but to do justly, to love mercy, and what? Walk humbly with our God. It's not that complicated, people, what God wants for us, from us. Okay. We better get to the message. I did find it interesting. Uh, this is another aside, I'm sorry. It's a real ADD message today. Um, is that uh, usually when I have a chance to, to speak and preach, there are so many announcements, so many special things. And, you know, and to only have to ha- go through one dedication, I mean, that was a piece of cake, you know. <laughs> usually we have in a, a, you know, an interpretive dance, you know, uh, um, you know. Uh, A a trumpet recital, you know, a a full-blown actual baptism. I exaggerated a little bit, but (laughs) this is okay. But I'm not bitter. (laughs) Okay, Micah 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 2. Very common scripture for us. some of these scriptures you're going to remember from your reading in the uh, in the New Testament, as a lot of these are repeated to show us that God is fu- is, is fulfilling prophecy in Jesus, His Son. Okay, so f- verse two, he says, "You Bethlehem, uh, 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 excuse me, I got this right. You Bethlehem. Let's say, just say Bethlehem. <laughs> it's Ephrathah. There we go. I got it. Ephrathah. Though you are little among." The thousands of Judah yet out of you will come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old from everlasting this is be, this is just maybe one of many well I know it's one of many what we call the messianic prophecies, pointing for and and and, and looking forward to the coming messiah but this is the one I found that kind of Ties into a vision of uh, of Christmas a little closer for us, but this this is there's many things that we're going to talk about today, and the first one is the coming Messiah, the vision of the coming Messiah, God speaking to His people and saying, "I'm I'm I'm sending you one, I'm sending you sending you one." Micah uh, verse three, he says, "Therefore he shall give them up until that time that she who is in labor has given birth." Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. Verse 4, he says, He he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Amen. Verse 5, And this one shall be peace. He is our peace. He's not going to teach us about peace. He is our peace. He is our way. He is our truth. He is our life. He is our counselor, our savior, and our coming king. He is the Messiah. Amen? And so this prophecy is given through Micah, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to Israel, saying there will come a time when I will send mine, my chosen Messiah, to you. And he will bring peace. Now, Israel was looking for their Messiah. They're still looking for a Messiah. Okay? They were look, They had these prophecies, they had the oracles of God, and they missed it. They missed it the first time. And a lot of these uh, messianic prophecies do not only talk about his first coming as the babe in the major, but as he comes riding, coming, riding on a white horse as well so it can be confusing okay my caveat there is it for as much as we know as much scriptures and scripture is so much more available to you and I we can go to the juggles if we want to right I always like call it juggles instead of google I don't know why but we can go there and say what does the bible say about this and then there it is Pretty soon we'll have AI preachers. Oh, <laughs> sorry, buddy. <But laughs> yeah. And they'll be able to say, We need to teach about forgiveness. And it's like, well, there it is. <laughs> but you and I, the, the, the warning it would give us is we can miss it too. We can miss it too. Because what is, what is the Lord going to be looking for when he comes back? That's what we should be concerned about. Are we walking humbly with our God? like I just read. He's going to be coming back looking for a bride spotless. Not because of what we have done, but we've, what we have allowed God to do in us. And he's going to come looking for faith. We need to be a people of faith. It's not that hard for us. He just asks us to walk humbly with him, keep our faith in him, love our neighbor as ourselves, and love him to the ends of the earth it's not that difficult but Israel was given this vision of a Messiah to come next if we would uh, if you want to go you want to turn with me you'll have to go to the end of the Old Testament we're going to go to Malachi now Malachi is interesting Malachi is a, a prophet and he is contemporary of Nehemiah so Nehemiah got the big billing wow. Malachi got the minor profit billing sometimes it's rough but he was there okay he was there and now Malachi his message um, generally for the most part is, is directed toward the people everyday people of Israel but he, he had to talk about wicked practices uh, 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 corrupt priests uh, bringing sacrifices of the less than stellar variety to God you know instead of bringing the best lamb we brought three-legged peat and that kind of thing um, and uh, you know Malachi speaking through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit he says you wouldn't bring this to your king so do you think king of kings and the lord of lords is going to be real excited with three-legged Pete I don't think so So, there's a number of things he was talking about, but in verse, I mean, chapter three, he begins to talk and gives the vision of the coming messenger a messenger who is going to be coming to speak to them and bring in the truth and bring in the light that they might be a people set aside for him. So, in chapter three in Malachi. And And another thing that's a good warning for the church here. One of the things that he warned um, the people about, especially as I alluded to, the like bringing, you know, the three legged Pete for the sacrifice, is there became a, a complacency in the people in their relationship to their God, a false sense of security, of, you know, you know, whatever, we can do what we want, you know, we're the people of God. Now we can do that too, people. We can do that too. We've been been called to holiness and righteousness. We've been called to be the witnesses. We've been called to be the salt of the earth. It's really easy to be, you know, shoot lower in your life. But let me tell you there's no better life. There's no better way to live your life but then just sold out for Jesus. Okay? There's nothing that this world can give you that can compare to life committed with the Lord. Living your life in such a way that you're in tune to his spirit. You can hear what he says to you. You are faithful in, in walking with those things. There's just nothing better. I don't know. I know. I've tried. Like I said, I, I didn't grow up in the church. I know what it was like before I had Jesus in my heart. And I much prefer the second, the second version of Mike, okay? Okay. I digress. Back to the coming messenger, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare my way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. He gave that to them way back in Malachi, 400 years before it actually transpired, and they missed it. He promised them a Messiah, now he promises them a messenger, and they will miss it. And he told them, when you least expect it, he's going to show up at the temple. And he did. And what does he tell the church? Behold, I come as a thief in the night. Right? We need to be ready. Does that mean we need to stay up and, and do watch like, you know, okay, Eileen, I'll stay up till 4 o'clock. I'll be watching. You get some sleep. And then that's not what I mean. Just as when the Lord comes, he wants to find a people walking in faith and loving one another and and, 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 and encouraging one another to love their neighbors, to grow in their relationship with God. That's what he wants us to be about as a church. Or we'll miss it. We'll miss it. Do do we think we're any better than the the nation of Israel? (laughs) Verse 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. And they will offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. That is what we need to offer to God. I'm not talking about your performance. I'm talking about righteousness. He, he encourages us and zorks us in and, and exhorts. There we go. That's better. Because in zorks, that sounds like a <laughs> scientific Science fiction character exhorts us in Hebrews to come boldly into the throne room of grace because we are covered by the blood and born of his spirit. Our place is with our God, and he is waiting for us to come in to make prayer and initiation for things that we need and for our family's needs and for our neighbor's needs and for our, our nation's needs. He implores us to come in. But to do that, you have to present your righteousness. And our righteousness is not in the things that we do and what we don't do, our righteous, righteousness is firmly planted. In the presence of Emmanuel, our, his son, our Savior, in our hearts, covered with the blood. Amen? Okay? Well, you guys are not arguing, so I guess I'll keep, keep going. Okay? And this is very kind of reminiscent if um, this is gonna cost you extra, it wasn't in the budget. But in, uh, in, in, Ma- in Matthew chapter 5, I know that's not Old Testament, but it's just the beginning of the you know, New Testament. So it's, you know, pseudo-old, right? 400 years later, the, 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 the Sermon on the Mount, and he speaks of the Beatitudes. If you, if you go down to verse, like, uh, 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. He says, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they take a light and light a lamp and put it under a basket. But we can do that. One example of that is for us being all... Excited about Jesus in here, and this is the only place where we're excited about Jesus. We're not excited about Jesus on our jobs or in our schools or amongst our, our friends or our neighbors. You know, we got our nice, great, big basket right here. Okay? No, that's not the way it should be. You know, if being a Christian was against the law, there should be plenty of evidence to convict all of us. Amen? He says, again, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Light, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's our call, to bring glory to our Father. And glory to the Father. In John uh, uh, 15, I believe, he's talking about, you know, God is going to work in us. It's not that you have to produce all this yourself. He wants to work in us. He wants to prune us and shape us and mold us and make us and add to us and take away things from us. Not us doing it ourselves, but let us be the work of his hands that we might glorify the Father. For us to truly, truly, you know, enjoy and encounter the kind of life that God wants us to do, to have. He wants to live in us so abundantly that his light and his glory shines through us naturally the very life of God that is what abundant life is that's what true Christian life is that we through a dependent relationship on him are just beacons of light for God not that you have to be a goody two-shoe and look at what you've done but that people can actually see you're living humbly with your God and walking your God. You really truly are a person of faith. You know you trust God you, you they can just see God in you we all know those, those people you know and it's alright for them to, to be your example or your hero or someone for you to, to, to emulate. Ultimately we're emulating Jesus Christ ultimately we want to be Vessels used by him. You know, I like to say that it is Hanukkah, you know. And it's, uh, I believe it's the fourth day. Fourth day of Hanukkah. Okay. So, happy Hanukkah for those of you who celebrate Hanukkah. That's at least a couple of us anyway. Okay. I saw something this week. Um. A quote about Hanukkah that I think is very, very appropriate in this passage is now as we've talked about a coming Messiah, coming messenger, is that the message of Hanukkah is not so much that we spend our time cursing the darkness. It's easy to do that, to curse the darkness. But we should be people who are about lighting a light. And there's a difference. You can spend all your time focused on the enemy, cursing his works. And there's a time and a place for spiritual warfare, absolutely. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God for the pulling down of the strongholds of the enemy. Absolutely. But there is a time for lighting a candle because light dispenses the darkness. In the light of his presence, darkness will flee. Absolutely. Amen. So now we're going to go to Zechariah. You're probably going... What is going on? We're all over the place now. Okay. Ha! <laughs> there it is. Found it. It's page. Uh, Dun da da. We're back. All righty. Zechariah. Zechariah. Um, Zechariah is actually just before Malachi. If you're still looking. Um, oh. Zechariah is going to talk about the coming king. Now, Zechariah is uh, uh, after the Babylonian exile. To give you a kind of context of where he's at. okay? And the temple has been about half restored. Remember after the Babylonian exile, they, they sent and began the work of rebuilding the wall and the temple. So they're about halfway, halfway through that project. And Zechariah, his basic message is that he's exhorting the people, he's encouraging the people, we need to finish the temple because the coming king is going to come and inhabit it. We will hasten his return or hasten the appearance of our coming king. He is coming to inhabit the temple. So he's encouraging them to begin to find that zeal again to finish building the temple. So if we go to chapter 9, we begin to talk about now the coming king. He says, chapter 9, verse 9, he says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, a foal of the donkey. that." Scripture is referenced in the reference to Jesus coming on the donkey triumphantly to go to the cross a week later. So. Again, that's probably not the way Israel envisioned that, right? I'm, well, I can tell you I'm sure they didn't envision that their coming king would come, fulfilled the prophecy of riding on the foal of a donkey, with them waving palms, declaring Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, so that a week later he would hang on a cross. I'm sure they didn't see that coming. He says, verse 10, I will cut off the chariot of Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem. The battle bow shall be cut off. He will speak to the nation. His dominion shall be from sea to sea. And from the river to the ends of the earth. So we've talked about the vision cast of Christmas of, of the coming Messiah. The coming messenger and the coming king. We've discussed the thing. Now, if we go to, I mean, if we're going to spend some time in Isaiah. I mean, in the Old Testament, we've got to go to Isaiah. I mean, there's so many more scriptures relating to Christmas vision being cast than I'm talking about here. So I, 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 I encourage you, just go in there, use your Googles, and say, you know, Christmas prophecies, Old Testament, you know, and do it. I mean, you can do it. But we're going go to we're gonna go to Isaiah, all right? Now, now Isaiah got a big billing because he's got a big a uh, big bunch of, oh, he's got multiple chapters here. So, he's a major prophet. Okay. All right. And he's going to talk about the vision cast for the future to come of, of the government being given to a promised son. All right. Now, Isaiah, okay, his ministry in the time of his prophecy spanned the reign of four different kings. Like over forty years it's amazing um, and basically the main like two thirds of it of the uh the book is really talking about judgment that must come for the sin of the world, but there is a vision of hope, okay there is a vision of hope um, isaiah uh, the the ideology of his name is Isaiah literally means Yahweh is salvation. Now, chapter 9, verse 2. Oh, I'm doing good. This is no problem. I got these batteries ought to give me a good 10 more minutes, so watch out. Okay. He said, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, he says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shone. You see how many times there's a reference to light? You and I, like I said, can spend way more time lifting up Jesus in our midst, lifting the light up in our midst and on our communities and our homes and on our jobs and in our schools in our neighborhoods. We need to be spending more time lifting up the light, the answer, okay, the answer, rather than spending all of our time trying to curse the darkness. Verse 3, you have multiplied the nation, increased its joy. He's the God of joys. They, repre- they rejoice before you according to the joy of the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide spoil. For you have broken the yoke, the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and garments rolled in blood will be used f- for burning, for fuel for the fire. Verse 9, for unto us, oh, here it is. Now you know this scripture. Okay? You know this scripture. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, the Alpha, the Omega, the End and the Beginning, the First and the Last. The Way, the Truth, the Life, the, our peace. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, that's up there. And I think I reference that almost every time I speak, but it's the truth. And one thing I'd have you take home from this is is God was speaking prophetically to the people back then. He was giving them direction and guidance for their lives. Some of it for for, for the now and some of it for the future. Maybe for generations to follow them. But he was speaking to them. And if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, do we not think he speaks to us now? That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. Now, I can't say that I move much in the, in the, in the realm of prophetic word, but there are people out there that who, who do, you know? And, and do you think it might have been hard for some of these people to prophesy the word of the Lord? knowing that most of them were of lowly station. You know, they really were. And God made them do crazy things. You know, some of them ate crickets or grasshoppers or whatever. You know, some of them just had some strange things going on in their life, okay? So I think if if, if it's about being strange, I think we got this thing. We can do it. Where were we? Oh, here we go. Verse 7. Of the increase of his, his government, you know, I know and I do and I exhort you to pray for our nation and for other nations and for the people who guide them and who are in leadership. We are exhorted to pray for those who are in leadership above us because God has put things into place. Okay? But of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God has promised the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will bring justice and judgment. But he also brings his salvation and his mercy and his grace. his love and his caring finally if you just turn left in your Bible chapter 7 still in Isaiah what you and I get to experience every day that we draw breath for all those who have called upon the name of the Lord who stood at the cross and said, my skin, my sins are as scarlet before you. Wash me and cleanse me. I believe that you came and struck a tent in human flesh, Jesus. I believe you walked this earth, that you're the way, the truth, and life. I believe you went to the cross and you gave yourself to pay the price for my sin. I believe that the Father raised you from the dead on the third day. That I, That you might be a high priest for me that sit on the right hand of the Father. I believe that. And because of that, because I confess that my heart believes that, my mouth confesses it, that you're my Savior, that I'm born again. And now I get to enjoy Emmanuel, God, with me on a daily basis. The days I screw up, the days I do all right, and the days that kind of fall anywhere in the middle. He is with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. That's a promise of God. doesn't say that he will always be real pleased at some of the things I do, some of the things I say, but he will never leave me or forsake me. And though I take a thousand steps away, he is just one step back. He's with me. Emmanuel. Chapter 7, verse 10. This particular king that Isaiah is prophesying to is named Ahaz. He says, Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Now, I can't criticize Ahaz about that. Because you don't want to test God. You don't want to test God. Unless he specifically asks. And then this time he specifically asks. Okay. He says, Hear now, O house of David. Is it a small thing for you to weary man? But will you weary my God also? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. You and I can look forward and see very easily we're talking about Jesus the babe in the manger, right? Born of a virgin come to be the lamb of the, the lamb of God. But I think I would be remiss if reviewing these visions of Christmas, the coming Messiah, the coming messenger, the coming king, the coming government of the promised son, of Emmanuel with us, I would be remiss if, and we as a people are going to miss it if we fail to embrace not only the babe in the manger, With the King on the cross, because that's why He came. That's why He struck a tent in human flesh. And even in His His prayer of agony in the garden, He said, "If by any way that this cup could pass by me, Father, but nevertheless Your will be done." We must, with a proper understanding of the vision of Christmas not only embrace the lamb in the manger but the king on the cross so I, want to, I want to read through Psalm 22 he says my God my God why have you forsaken me the words of the psalm that Jesus began to speak while in agony upon the cross he says my God my God why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? <laughs> and from the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear And in the night season, and I am not silent, but you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. I trusted And you delivered them. They cried to you and you were delivered. They trusted you and were not ashamed. But I am a worm. I am no man. A reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip and shake the head saying, he trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. But you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near and there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. And all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax and it has melted within me. My strength is bought, dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked have enclosed me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I count all my bones. They look and they stare at me and they divide my garments among them. And for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, be not far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild ox. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face for them. But when he cried to him, he heard. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. And I will play my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship all Those who go down to the dust shall bow before him, even he who cannot keep himself alive. A posterity shall serve him. It will be counted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. The God of heaven is not slack in his promise, but he is patient till the harvest comes in you and I are to be a church about the business of being caught up in the vision and the work of God. So I exhort us to walk humbly. I exhort us to listen. I exhort us to pray and encourage one another. I encourage us to at least light the candle, to be the light At least as often as we curse the darkness. And let the Lord God of heaven, the one who is forever, who was and is and is forever, the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who loves us to the uttermost, he does not lie. And he does not tarry. He is not willing that any should perish. Let us this Christmas season catch the vision of why God came in the first place. That he might send his love among us in a new and powerful way. That we could truly, this Christmas season, embrace Emmanuel. Because he's with us. He's in each and every one of you. His spirit moves among us. His spirit inhabited our worship today. His peace is with us. Can't you just feel that? Just that peace. Oh, we're going to have days. Trust me. But we always have the God of peace in us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are with us, Emmanuel. Thank you, Father, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and yet you have chosen to fellowship with us, to allow us to call you Father, for us to be heirs and joint heirs with our Savior, the Lord Christ, to be filled by your Spirit. I ask, Lord, that you would help us capture capture the vision of christmas lord to help us embrace not only the the babe in the manger but the king on the cross and lord we look forward to that time when you come to take us home to be with you but lord when you come may you find a church that is ready to to receive you lord lord that we might be found walking in faith before you humbly before you endeavoring father god to be about the works of your kingdom father we lift you in this place we love you lord we give you all the glory and the honor and the praise father in the name of jesus i pray amen thank you hey guys billy here i'm the media director here at polson foursquare and i'm glad that you guys could join us this morning If you guys are looking for more information, you guys can go to PoulsenFoursquare.org. And if you guys enjoyed the sermon, consider subscribing or sharing it with a friend. Thanks for joining us this morning, and we hope that you have a blessed week.